Linux fans. Welcome to Destination Linux, episode three of our weekly podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Rob. What's going on? How was your Christmas? Christmas was great. I ate a lot of stuff I shouldn't have, uh, you know, taken in, but uh, I did it anyway. That's part of uh, that's part of Christmas. <laughs> spending time with the family. Uh, some family members, you're happy that you only see them once a year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we had we had family. We had good food and too much of good food. And now I'm going to have to diet for three weeks just to get it all off. <laughs> So, I, you know, I don't know if you've heard about this New Year's uh, tradition with Linux users or not. No, I didn't. Uh, Tell me. About all right. That. So we've got a so there's this tradition with Linux users. It's a global phenomenon. So uh, on New Year's Eve every year, Linux users uh, do an, a fresh install of Windows Vista. Is that what it is? And that's <laughs> <laughs> And that well, I was re- going to ask you, did you get Windows 10 for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> lumps of coal. No, lumps of coal. Oh, okay. And so you do that fresh install of Vista, and it just really makes you appreciate the new year going in with whatever Linux distro you're running from there on out. Right. So the bar is set so low that <laughs> anything past that <laughs> is on the way up. Oh, that would be a terrible tradition. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, uh, well, we've got some things to talk about here and, and, you know, looking forward to the new year. um, And so look forward to kind of getting into a little bit of Linux news and things like that. Uh, Have you found anything interesting on your end? Well, look, before we get into the news, I think we should, should we discuss the distros? I think so. Okay. I think that would, yeah, I think it'd be good timing. So, it's the last episode of Destination Linux for the year, so we should probably talk about the top couple, maybe the top three Linux distros of the year. I could possibly narrow it down to three. <laughs> okay, so narrowing it down. It's it's really hard to narrow it down, but narrow it down, Rob. What is the top three in your opinion? Well, I've given this some thought for the past couple of months, actually. Um, and then you always have people, you know, within your YouTube channel, uh, viewers who will say, uh, you know, what distro do you run or what distro would you recommend? And that always brings me back to thinking about, okay, what would I recommend in this instance? And there's all kinds of use case scenarios. So you would say, okay, is this a distro that we're picking for someone new to Linux? If it is, then, you know, you list out this distro or, or, you know, that distro um, with a particular desktop environment? Or is this someone that's very experienced in Linux, but maybe they're not a distro hopper and they're just wanting to try something new? So it's really hard because we have so many distros to choose from. (laughs) And quite frankly, this year, there have been many, many high-quality distros to choose from. Um, So it's hard. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard. So giving it thought, there's no way I could pick just one. Come I on, really, man. Can you narrow I, it? <laughs> I'm weak. I'm weak as far as that's concerned. I just could not pick one. So I've got three. Three I can do. Uh, okay. I, I would prefer five, but three I will do. So uh, in no certain order, I would pick myself Ubuntu Mate. And um, there's several reasons for that. Um, the work that's been done 
in that distribution in both the uh, the desktop as well as the community that has built up around Ubuntu Mate as far as support and the people behind Ubuntu Mate, Martin Wimpress and things, you know, developers like that, working on <clears throat> Mate to bring it to a level that I think makes that a distribution for the masses. Um, I did a video and I called it the gold standard yeah. of Ubuntu distributions. And I think it's ease of use. I think, you know, the software boutique, the theme switching ability, you combine all of that with a very stable base and a large community. And I think you've got one heck of a distribution there. Well, I have to agree because um, you figure from the start of the year to now and all of the changes that have been inputted into it. And, you know, you got the welcome screen. You got all of these things that were upgraded in it. And as you said, you, you got to think about who you're actually offering this to before you say, you know, this is the best distribution. And but for newer users, um, Ubuntu Mate is absolutely awesome. And this is not just coming from, you know, me saying that's it. This is coming from people that are actually using it, um, family members, friends included, that, you know, I mean, my dad in particular would not go back to KDE right now. I mean, he's I installed Ubuntu Mate and he loves it. And it's the best thing since sliced bread. And he keeps telling me. Rock, you need to go back to Ubuntu Mate. <laughs> but, um, and I love it. Um, I'll tell you what, the, the simplicity of Mate, along with the settings that they have added into it, the amount of things that you can change in it, is absolutely awesome. Um, to be able to change the theme everywhere, which coming from a KDE user, you have to change the theme quite a few locations in order to get it looking right. And that's by design, I guess, but the simplicity of being able to click one button and change the whole theme for every application is awesome. Right. Um, the settings that they have put in to customize it have from you from going from 1.14 to 1.16, they have added so many things that you can do to it. I mean, yeah, it definitely deserves to be one of the top distros of the year. Well, and like, you know, with your father, my wife, that's what I installed on her laptop switching yep. from windows 10 over to Linux. And, um, I haven't had to do a reinstall. It's been knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> it's been incredibly stable for her. Now she's had a few issues with LibreOffice. Um, you know, and I don't attribute that to Ubuntu Mate, but as far as the OS is concerned, um, she has not come to me once and said, Hey, we've got to get this off here. I've got to go back to windows. Uh, right. So it's doing what it needs to do there. Now she's not in customizing things or tinkering with things. She's had a few updates and she came to me and said, Hey, this thing's got updates. Is it okay to update? And I said, mm -hmm. sure. Uh, no problem. So went through the updates, no issue. She hasn't really changed the layout or the UI from what I installed on there where I, I gave her the application drop down menu the places right. in the system. She likes that just fine. And, uh, you know, she did say it once, uh, once to me, Hey, should I, should I move over to this arch thing you keep talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and speaking of that, uh, that brings me to my number two pick, yeah. which, uh, which for me has to be 
Antergos or Antergos or Antergos or, you know, it's the multi-name faceted, multi-faceted <laughs> named <laughs> distro. Uh, for me, I, I pick that because that is a way to install Arch the easy way. Right. Um, I love the Cinchi installer that they use that allows you to go in and choose uh, what you want to pre-install. So, for example, um, if you uh, decided you did not want access to the AUR, yep. uh, you have an option to toggle that on or off. Um, you you can also choose things like Bluetooth, Fire, or uh, excuse me, Chrome uh, or Chromium um, during install. Uh, so you've got a lot of options to really set it up for what works for you and your system. But then then you have the choice of desktop environment uh, yep. upon install. So now I'll say not all desktops are equal as far as Antergos is concerned. I've had mixed results with, say, Mate uh, over the GNOME and the KDE installs. Right. Uh, KDE and GNOME being for me, really flawless installs where I've had some issues uh, in the past with Mate. Uh, but to allow uh, someone who I don't consider myself an expert, um, you know, I can work through things and I love to discover new things. But for me, that was just a, a very positive experience uh, to be able to experience Arch and the AUR through Antergos without enough without all kinds of headache and problems yeah. that would cause me to shy away from it. So for that, I'm going to go with Antergos. Well, I had Antergos installed for, uh, I'm going to say a week or two, two weeks. And I had issues, but a lot of those issues I believe were hardware related. Um, and also I did find out later that some of the issues were happening because I kept my home folder partition. So when you do that and you keep shame on you, shame on you, but that's how I back up my files. That's how I keep them from install to install. So I should have probably had going from where I was, I probably should have started with a new home folder, but, uh, it was an awesome install. Uh, it was actually easier than Manjaro for somebody that's not, you know, an arch user. Um, it was easier for me to install it. Um, so, I'll uh, I'll agree it it'll be up there, but my uh, second pick would probably be KDE Neon because mm -hmm. you figure this. I mean, to me, this is the best Ubuntu-based plasma desktop out there. Now, some people might not call it a distro; they might not call it a you know a specific thing. But to me, when you can download an ISO and get the latest KDE and have it be extremely simple, run on pretty much anything, and get a bare-bones system up and running. You can't get any better than that. You don't have a bloated... It's basically the Arch Linux of Ubuntu because you're getting a base install with nothing in it that you can work up and put the programs that you want on it, getting the latest Plasma updates constantly, and you figure from where they started, and I don't have it, on me of where they were when they started in 2016, but going from where they were to 5.8, I think we're up to 5 now, 5.8.5, it's amazing how stable the operating system is. And that would have to be my, 
my second throw up up there for a distro of the year. No throw ups on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong choice of words, I guess. <laughs> well, listen, I, I completely agree with you as far as KDE Neon being really something that that kind of, I think, surprised a lot of people. Um, and I think the comparison of being the, you know, the arch it's closely related to an arch based distro as yeah. you're going to get within, uh, you know, Ubuntu based distro and, and going back, I installed that, uh, when it first came out, I think really, really close to when it first came out. And I remember it being somewhere around 50 something in distro watch, mm-hmm. you know, ranked around 50 something. If you put your credence into their, ranking system you know We've been there before <laughs> <laughs> and i just popped over as you were talking and and if you look in a relatively short period of time it has climbed up to number 23 so that says a tremendous amount and yeah. um you know and and typically when you see remarks about kde neon they're all favorable i see very few negative comments about kde neon the only the only people that would not okay I, I won't say this i won't say the only people because i get in trouble when i say the only people but <laughs> usually it would be my experience <laughs> that um people who want a a distribution that's set out of the box are the people who are not going to prefer kde neon because they want something that's already set up like a linux mint or something like that that has features built into it that they don't have to do anything but if you want a base install, you can't get any better than KDE Neon. Well, and there's something to be said for, like you said, just having that fresh base with really nothing really set up and installed on it. And to be able to go in and do a clean buildup, if you will, right? Um, it's it's really makes it personal. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you use on your system is going to be... Uh, different than what I use on my system and so on and so forth. And to, to start fresh like that, it's uh, to me, it's, I don't know. I guess if, if I were to say, um, Hey, developers, you know, pay attention to this for this reason, it would be, Hey, make a version that's stripped down, make a light version. And you see that, you know, you see that from in some distros. So, uh, well, I mean, that's one of the first things that, I do for family members when I install an operating system or distro on their computer is I go through the programs that they're not going to use and get rid of them. Ah, so this is, like I said, it works out perfect. Well, awesome. Well, good pick on your part. I'll admit, uh, that brings us to the third, uh, pick. And this one for me was a surprise. It was a surprise in many ways. Number one, I really had not been following this distro. Um, and then kind of out of the blue over the last really month, uh, there was a lot of buzz about this distro. And I uh, was not one of the first guys to jump in and do a review and check it out. Uh, I just posted a video last night about this distro, and that is MX-16. Yeah. Uh, I've got to put that in the top three. Um, if you'd asked me two months ago, I would have never chosen it because I didn't even know about it. Right. You know? Um, but I'm so impressed with it. I've got it on uh, installed on two pieces of test hardware and neither of those, I guess you would say, unfortunately, neither of those have graphics cards 
that required the use of the MX tools. And for me, that is a huge reason why I uh, pick MX-16 for number three. And again, in no certain order, um, their tool set all put together the way it is, is phenomenal. Uh, If you've gone through the heartache or headache of trying to get your graphics drivers set up properly, to have that in place for both AMD and NVIDIA, um, I mean, that's just fantastic. Your uh, codex, one-click install for all your codex, and I know that's not new. Uh, And then you add to that their repository where it's like they went out and they said, okay, if we were to look at the top grouping or top list of popular Linux software, what would that be? It's like they did that and then applied that to their repository. Uh, It's just, I mean, you can say nothing, but that's great. I mean, that's awesome. So, um, Well, I installed it um, on actually this drive that I'm running right now. And the install, I mean, like I said last week, the install went so well, I didn't even notice the difference between installing NVIDIA drivers on a Debian distro than if I I had never done it before. So I don't know how hard it is. Everybody talks about how hard it is to install NVIDIA drivers on Debian, but I didn't notice any difference because all I did was click it and installed it. Um, So that goes to them building it in. And then, like you said, you go into the tools and there's just so many things that they add that, I mean, it's the Linux Mint of Debian distributions. I mean, they add so many fine touches to it that it makes it, and like you said, I wouldn't even noticed it before it came out. But that's how much they've put into it to thrust it up to the top of the distros for 2016. And I don't think there's too many people that would disagree uh, with that being in the top three. So I think it's a, I think it's a great distro. Absolutely. I think you said it well. I called it in my video. I called it the uh, Dremel tool of distros. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. I mean, you know? there's so many things with it. It's awesome. Yeah. And I agree with your assessment. You know, the Linux men of a Debian-based distro, it, it, it's that and more, really. Um, you know, because, for example, um, it's the little things. And you mentioned this, I think, in our last podcast when we had a yep. chance to chat with Dolphin. It's the little things that you don't know about until you get in and you start using it. And um, one of the things that stood out to me, so, for example, you launched the uh, the MX Tools window, and you've got a listing of all the MX Tools. Well, if you click on one of the tools, the main window goes away, and the focus then comes in on the actual tool that you're using. Right. Okay? which is the way it should be. But then you close that out and what reappears? The main window. The main window as it should. And it, that, But see, that's those little things that people don't think about that the developers look at and say, man, this is the way it should happen. Right. And those little things are just make the operating system. And you go along and you find constantly little thing after little thing after little thing that just you just look at it and you're like, that's awesome. Yep. I can't believe somebody actually put this in here. That That's the way it should be from the beginning. Why aren't all distros like this? Why didn't we think of that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know all of a sudden that's easy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It makes it like this. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, and I'll give you another example. So if you have you tinkered around much with XFCE going in and customizing and adding things to the panel and things like that? I have done it. I have customized X, XFCE for a long time, but it's been a long time since I've done it. So right. we had run X-Face for a while. Well, I've, call it X-Face. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I've done it enough to really just hose it up. Like if you go in and you start adding things and if, you, if you're not paying attention and you click on the wrong thing, next thing you know, you've deleted applets that you didn't mean to delete. Yep. Uh, or you're trying to rearrange icons on the panel and things like that. Well, you can really hose that up. And I've gotten it to a point where I'm like, oh, crap, I've got to reinstall XFCE. (laughs) So so I really messed it up. Well, the first thing that you see within MX-16, because, of course, it's uh, XFCE running, you know, as the desktop environment. First thing you see, well, they've got a, a, number one, they've got a panel changer there on. Mm-hmm. so that you can go in and move it from a vertical position. And I really didn't appreciate the vertical position until I put it on my hybrid uh, tablet. Right. Um, because of the screen real estate being widescreen. Um, but they've got a switcher to put it uh, horizontally on the bottom. Um, but immediately what you see pop up is that if it's basically, it says, and this is not, you know, not going to be uh, exactly the way they list it, but it's a, it's a backup and it shows you where in the folder that the uh, layout for that panel is backed up. Yeah. And then if you go in and you start monkeying around like I did, um, you can then back up that configuration as well. So if you totally hose things, <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never <laughs> done that before. Robbie. Yeah, so, so so again, one of those small things and being someone who's really messed it up to the point to where it caused me aggravation, you know, right. Gosh, you appreciate those things so much. Yep. You know, so. Yeah, it's definitely deserves to be in the top three distros of the year. So that would be your pick for number three as well. Yeah, I'm definitely would be my pick for number three of the year. Well, listen, I'm proud of well, us. Not we, in that particular order, but right, yeah, it would right. be in the top three. Well, I'm proud of us. We agree on two. <laughs> so, so do we agree on the desktop of the year? Desktop environment of the year? Oh, I think I know. I think we will agree on that because I think I know your pick. Well, you know my pick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, can't get, you can't get better than KDE. And if MX-16 ever does put out the KDE oh, edition, yeah. you know that I'm switching to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And, in fact, we got to talk with Dolphin a little bit about that. And, and yep. for sure, my pick is KDE for desktop of the year. No doubt about it. Um, you know, there's so much going on with Plasma and the QT, you know, KDE environment. Um, it's, it's hard to keep up with it. Well, it used to be that you would kind of be afraid to upgrade. Like way back, you know, KDE 3 and 4 days, you were afraid to upgrade because you didn't know what the new one was going to be. And you didn't know if, I mean, they said it was fully tested, but it wasn't always fully tested. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you would, I would, there was many times I had issues with upgrading and would have to downgrade. Um, But you can, the last set since 5 point, I think, there was a few issues with 5.4, I think, and 5.6 as far as minor issues. Yeah. But with the latest ones, 5.7 and then 8 and then 9, you can basically upgrade without having to worry about, is this going to break my computer? 
Uh, they have added so many nice features, fixed so many bugs. It's absolutely the best desktop of the year. I'm right there with you. I love it. I love the progress. Um, it's funny. I'm actually running GNOME right now as my main desktop. Huh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I absolutely love what's going on with Plasma, with what's going on with KDE. You know, I think back to, um, I guess it was KDE 4, or maybe it was 3 back then. Man, if you drug the wrong widget over to your oh desktop, God. it would crash the desktop. <laughs> it was yeah. horrible. Um, it, it was it was bad at times. And, and, and but today they've you know f- from the aesthetics, the UI, mm-hmm. uh, the muscle memory ease of use as far as menu systems and things like that. Uh, even their icon set looks very professional, very polished. It's yeah, you, you notice can, that other distro spins are using their icon set on their yes <laughs> yes absolutely and there's there's a reason is it looks grown up yep you know it looks professional it looks professional um and so i'll switch it around you know when i'm running kd i'll try this icon set or you know just just you know how it is Right, we, we, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, right? The, the, I'm talking to the king of KDE over here, but uh, but I don't change nothing. But I go back, yeah, right. <laughs> but I go back because that icon set, the Breeze icon set, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is just so high quality. Uh, the file manager. Uh, I could you go on. Get, you can't get better than Dolphin, man. No. I'm sorry. I mean, there some of them are decent, and I'm not going to go into all of them because you'll have we'll start a file manager war. But some yeah. of them are decent. But you can't get better than Dolphin. I no. mean, the options that it brings, the stability that it brings. Um, to me personally, I would rather have it look a little bit different. Um, but as far as stability and ease of use and the ability to change every possible setting you can think of, you can't get better than Dolphin. The And I think it was uh, – well, I know it was your video. I was just trying to think of which one. Maybe it was like third or fourth in your series, uh, your KDE series, where you started uh, going in and talking about the plugins for the Dolphin File Manager. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. I mean, I – I never really dug in on that level, but you tell you tell me there's nothing there I, I, that you can't find really as far you as can file find, managers. You can find just pretty much anything you want to do with that file manager. You can do from the plugins on down, and um, you know we ended up getting there was a problem with the root actions not working. The only problem with the plugins is is a similar problem with uh, Cinnamon where they don't update the applets for cinnamon so a lot of them don't work and the same scenario with dolphin uh because plasma updates so often uh, a lot of the plugins were based on you know kde4 uh and then they they may have updated them to work with kde5 or plasma5 but uh not all of them work but you can find so many things in there to add to your system to add functionality to it i mean where can you go and and add root actions from the service menu from a plugin standpoint in any other file manager or add um, different uh, locations and whatnot from the 
from the file manager itself rather than go and edit config files. It's I, one I, of the best. You, you prompt. The best. You, you pro- I agree. Absolutely. You prompt the thought, though. I got to go back to MX16 real quick because yeah. in the Thunar file manager, guess what they had set up? Root what access. did they have set up? Root, Root access. Root access. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's not in every distribution. I just don't understand that. That should yeah. be in every distribution. Some, I mean, maybe for somewhere, new users, yeah. maybe they don't want you to do that. Okay? Somewhere but, a security expert, somewhere the security guy in the Linux world said, this, therefore, is a bad idea going well, forward. Well, speaking of GNOME, <laughs> we decide for you what you, what you should want to do or what you can do, so... That's a bad idea for you, so we're not putting it in there. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I guess exactly. it could be a bad idea for new users if they do open it up and delete something they shouldn't, I guess. But to me, yeah. it should be in every, at least an option. So the other thing, I guess the knock, I will I guess the, the one knock that I would say against the KDE desktop environment is you just can't customize it, man. Yes, <laughs> it is pretty tough to customize, but... You know, once in a while, you can find a video online to help out in the customization part of it. Yeah, there's a there's a channel, Big Daddy. Now he's going in and he's tweaks and who things. is that guy anyway? <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, it, there is not another desktop environment that allows you to go in. And Rocco, you've done a phenomenal job over the last year, really going into all of the detailed settings with KDE. So people listening out there. Uh, if you have any interest whatsoever in KDE and all of the things you can tweak, and, I mean, it goes on. You could spend days and hours, couldn't you, Rocco? Uh, <laughs> you could spend a lifetime diving into the settings. It is by far the most customizable desktop, bar none. Nothing comes close. And it used to be that when you would go in and mess with the settings, that you know things would happen, unexpected things would happen. But... That has slowly and surely gone away to the point where, like I said, if you're running Neon, you can't get any more stable than that. Even going in and setting everything up and switching settings around, you're still going to have a stable operating system. I'll also throw out uh, to you, uh, and I know this is something that you've used as well, KDE Connect. KDE Connect, okay. If you want to connect your Android phone to your KDE desktop, there's no easier way than KDE Connect. I mean, dead simple. You install it on KDE. Well, no, it's actually installed on KDE. You install it on your Android phone. You pair the two together, which is dead simple. And then it connects over Wi-Fi. And you're, as long as you're on the same Wi-Fi network as the phone is, files transfer, you know, the same speed that you would transfer that you would download from your internet. As long as your internet connection, that's what it's going to transfer as. Um, all It shows up your battery power usage. It, it shows up all... There's a listing as once you go into KDE uh, connect settings. There's a listing of all these things that you can do and see from your phone. You can get messages. Now, they you can't reply to those messages yet, like a, a text message that you get on your Android phone. You can't reply to that yet, but you will be able to soon because they're working on that. But uh, you can see pretty much everything on your phone you can see on your KDE desktop. So no better way to integrate your phone. Well, and the the part, the aspect that I enjoy the most, and actually um, this didn't really occur to me. I I knew, okay, this is is the way this is going to work. 
but it didn't really hit me. So is your phone always by your side when you're working at your desktop? Because mine's not. Not not always. (laughs) Right. Sometimes I have it charging somewhere. Maybe I left it downstairs. The ability to see what's coming in on your desktop. Uh, Because I've got, so for example, for my work, I've got email accounts and things set up on my phone that are not necessarily set up on my desktop. Yep. Or it may be set up, but it may be in the cloud, so I don't have it interfaced so that I see that come in as a pop-up, right? Right. So to be sitting there, and all of a sudden you see this pop-up out of the corner of KDE Connect that says, hey, uh, such and such message just came in, is awesome. Yep, absolutely awesome. It is awesome. Now, back up to, I had an opportunity to try, and I don't recall the version, um, and did a video on it where uh, you can you can reply to the text now. Uh, I, I see. Think, I haven't been on. I haven't been on KDE lately, so, <laughs> I got so that, that, update. <laughs> that is available with that update. And I uh, tried tried that out. Uh, my wife sent me a text. Mm-hmm. I replied from the desktop to her, and uh, nice. she did get the text. Now it may be because she had her uh, text app open. Uh, she didn't get a, an alert. It just appeared. Right. So I don't know if that's because it was open on her phone or, or what, but it worked. The two-way communication worked. So, yeah. uh, again, an awesome feature. And I just know that with the uh, rate of progress that we're seeing changes and improvements through the KDE team, mm-hmm. that's going to continue to grow. You know, there's probably things they're already working on that, who knows, maybe you can order a pizza from it in 2017. Well, know? hey, you speaking, you're speaking of not having your phone on you, but then you go and say you put your phone, I, I mean, not that I would ever put my phone down and not remember where I put it, <laughs> but you can actually ping the phone or ring the phone from KDE Connect if you put it down and you don't know where it is. It just has so many features to it. Yep, yep. And like you said, it's it's just so simple to set up. Uh, and now I'm asking myself why in the world I'm running GNOME right now. <laughs> I know every time we talk about KDE, I miss. I mean, I miss it because I'm running GNOME at the moment. But that, I'm going to blame that on you. All right, no problem. <laughs> so for Destination Linux, our desktop of the year definitely goes out to KDE. And personally, I just want to give a shout out to all of the developers involved with KDE and Plasma. Uh, keep up the great work. Just thrilled with what's uh, coming down the pike. And then yeah. there's some other things coming up in our new segment uh, that uh, kind of ties in with KDE as well. So, uh, yep. I can't wait to see what's next. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what do we got in the news, Rob? Well, we've got some news, some lightly related news to, uh, well, I say lightly related news. It's, it, it is Linux based. Um, I want to talk about CyanogenMod. So uh, for those of you out there familiar with rooting your phone and putting custom ROMs uh, on your phone, you'll know the name Cyanogen, and you'll know CyanogenMod. So Cyanogen takes the Android operating system, which is open source, that uses a Linux kernel and some other niceties from Linux, um, that's why I say lightly tied into the Linux world. I guess right. you could say really not even lightly. It is tied it's, in. It's tied in. Yeah. So, uh, so I've been, you know, like a distro hopper, uh, I guess you could call it distro hopping on my phone. <laughs> um, so for years I have used various custom ROMs and I 
I guess over the last couple of versions of Cyanogen Mod, Cyanogen Mod is the like community edition, if you will, of, right. of Cyanogen. So Cyanogen as a company, uh, you may find that on phones that are commercially sold, and that's what they use as their main OS. They, there are a few phones out there that use the Cyanogen OS. Right. The, the Cyanogen Mod is kind of like in the Linux community, a community spin of, of Cyanogen. And uh, so I found myself gravitating towards Cyanogen Mod for my base operating system on my Android phone. That's been great for years. There's a lot of development around that. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, part of our news is I'm sad to announce that Cyanogen as a company uh, is no more. They'll be shutting down their servers and everything at the uh, Actually, I think today is the day that the Cyanogen servers shut down. Right. And so the Cyanogen mod team, uh, they're not going to sit idly by the community of developers are going to spin that over into an OS, a new OS called Lineage. So uh, so for those of you out there that frequent the XDA developer forums, uh, you may start seeing fairly soon Lineage OS. And uh, one of the exciting aspects of that, for me, back to our discussion of KDE and Plasma, Right is that Plasma has a mobile version. Yes, so it does. <laughs> I think you, you've dug into the mobile version a little bit, right? Well, the mobile version looks absolutely awesome. If you've, there, there isn't a whole lot of information out there on it, but if you've watched right. a few videos on it and a few pieces of info, to be able to integrate everything from KDE, basically, from Plasma into your mobile phone, can you imagine how seamless it could be at some point? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh gosh, it would be awesome. <laughs> so part of the good news, bad news, good news. So yeah. the good news side of this is that the KDE Plasma team on the mobile side uh, just read a, an article today that they are in talks with or some discussion with the new Lineage OS. And so the idea there is to apply... Uh, Plasma 5 Mobile, or whatever they're going to call it, into the Lineage OS, which means that, um, you know, ROM hoppers like myself right. will have access, hopefully in 2017, will have access to Plasma Mobile 5 or Plasma 5 Mobile yep. within Lineage OS and be able to flash that custom ROM on their phone and have... I think what's going to be an incredible experience. Now, I want you to think about this just a minute. If tomorrow you and I were able to put a nicely made custom ROM on our phones that integrated features from Plasma 5 that worked seamlessly through maybe the technology that they have with KDE Connect mm -hmm. to our operating system, I would do it in a minute. In a minute. <laughs> in a minute, right. I would do it. <laughs> That'd be like a Christmas gift, man. And that would be awesome. That may solve, as far as the desktop environment is concerned, for me, that would probably solve 
my distro hopping ways. Not desktop hopping really? ways, but <laughs> <laughs> I may try different. Let's not get crazy, Rob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see just kind of those two work. Think about it. So you you put a contact in your phone. Now today we're doing that through Google or various other sync methods. Right. Uh, but imagine if they're tied together in a way. So you put a contact in on your phone. You open up contacts through um, KDE. Okay. Yeah. Um, and bam, there it is. But KDE is also talking about adding cloud storage to uh, like, integrated cloud storage to KDE, where your contacts would be backed up similar to Google and whatnot, which would, which would if, be absolutely awesome. Listen, if, if that happens, my wallet is opening up. Because whatever they charge, if that happens, that wallet comes open, and guys, whether that's you're charging for it or whether it's a donation, uh, get ready because it was I'm, some, I'm all what, in. I don't know if it was a podcast. Who was I, why, who was I listening to? It was Linux Unplugged cool. or somebody was talking about it, that they're, they're in talks with um, – some one of the cloud storages so yeah oh, it's that like would a, be... a preliminary thing obviously but right. can you imagine oh that would be phenomenal now i don't I, you get excited about this stuff and you know ubuntu came out with their own what would they call it uh cloud one or whatever yeah, what they call one, it? ubuntu one or i forget what it was yeah. called yeah i don't know how long that was around it wasn't it wasn't long lived yeah it wasn't long lived so it's i guess we can't get too excited but i'll, I'll say there are so many things that have happened within KDE that surprise me at how well it's been implemented that I, I think they could pull it off. Yeah, but you figure KDE's been around for a long time, and they're they're not. You don't okay with Ubuntu. You see things come and you see things go. Right. You know, it, they're they're like hopping from one thing to another. That doesn't usually happen in KDE. Usually when KDE has, or the people at the behind KDE, the developers and stuff, usually when they pick something, they run with it and they just make it better. They're not picking something and then in the next uh, release, all of a sudden it's gone. Or, hey, we're discontinuing this. So I think if they put their minds to it, I think they could make it awesome. And once they do that, I don't think you're going to see it like pop in and then pop out later. I think they've got a phenomenal – Rocco, think about this a minute. I think they've got a phenomenal business model. Okay, so right now for my business, for my company, I'm paying monthly for Google Apps for business. Yep. Okay? So, you know, that gives me calendar, contact syncing, calendar syncing, just like you would get in your free personal. But then I have additional cloud drive or drive storage. Right. Um, you know, I have uh, some other th things through there that help work-related. <clears throat> Excuse me. If KDE can put this all together and I can get that OS on my phone and I can get my calendar, contacts, documents, um, and, and uh, you know, those things and all storage. syncing yep. and storage, sign me up, whatever you're charging per month, as long as it's competitive with right. other features, because that would allow me to move away from Google and really work with what I feel like would be a much better solution from the open source standpoint. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Primarily what I use for my cloud-based activities, it's Google, like the majority of the world. Right. You know? Yeah. Does that mean I'm thrilled with everything that's going on within Google? No. It's just that right now that's the best option for me. If I had that option through the KDE side of things to really get that all cohesive the way I would love to see 
that would be we're dreaming here Rob. we're, we're dreaming, dreaming. <laughs> we're dreaming but, for hopes of 2017 <laughs> but the business model behind that it's proven it's there um yep. you know now are there enough linux users in the world to make it justifiable uh, as far as a, a business model is concerned i think that you would have enough um linux users now that run kd that are in a position where you're in where you would be willing to pay for it not only pay for it but support the project itself so that it could get better and i think if they did that that would also bring a lot more people into the linux world that see that there's another option so i think it's i would think it would be a good thing all the way around yeah would you you'd, you'd make the switch without a doubt i would definitely make the switch yeah, yeah. i would absolutely yeah. make the switch so good news, and then that, of course, maybe our discussion got a little long there, but I'm so excited about the thought of that. Um, well, with that, uh, along with that, you have the release of 5.8.5 with KDE now. So um, there's not a whole lot of um, aesthetics changes. There's not a whole lot of you know big, huge upgrades, but there are uh, multiples of small, minor bug fixes Um the list is pretty long, and we'll put the link in the uh, notes, but uh, the descriptions for it are just basically bug fixes. But again, it's nice to know that they're continually updating it, continually updating. And, you know, we talk about this and we say, you know, it's just little bug fixes here and there. But again, we'll go back to the, it's the little things. And these little bug fixes over time are what makes it so stable as a operating system to run. So... So for us, on the end user point of view, you may not see a whole lot as far as the update's concerned. But for the end point, you will, okay, you may not notice it, but you can see from a standpoint of development that they're putting all of this time and effort into making it stable and a great operating system. So definitely check out the new release. But if you're on Neon, you probably got it already. Yeah, that's right. Well, it, it does. It keeps it in the news. And really, I haven't been able to keep up with their pace. They've been on. I mean, I know that they have a set schedule on when they're going to release. And they have, let's see, 5.8 is out now. and 5.8.5 and 5.9, I think, is going to be coming. I, I lost the page on the moment, but it's going to be coming out in January or February. It's set to come out. So Okay. Exciting. Well, I may be doing a desktop change here shortly. <laughs> Just can't resist. Um, you know? On January, here it is. On January twelfth, we'll be able to test drive the beta build of five point nine. So oh, wow. I'm going to say in February it'll be out to run as a stable. So the beta build of five point five point nine nine. Okay, all right. So, well, now you're going to end up getting uh, five point eight point six before <clears throat> then. But that's going to be an LTS version of 5.8. So Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, the heck with LTS stuff. I don't know. <laughs> who wants LTS? I <laughs> want right. the latest and greatest. <laughs> who, wants to, who wants stability in their lives? Um, well, excellent. You know, that's, again, that's something that I think looking forward to in 2017 for sure. Uh, there's been another update with a popular app called OpenShot. And, uh, you know, there's really three or four uh, video editors, quality video editors that you hear discussed. Right. Uh, so, so you've got Caden Live, 
you've got OpenShot, uh, one called Pativi, if I'm pronouncing that, P-I-T-I-V-I, Pativi, yes. um, and, and then a few others. Uh, OpenShot has kind of had a rough road. I want to say back about the middle of the year, you started seeing posts about the issues, the technical issues with the app crashing. Uh, one of our friends, Lynn, over at Don't Call Me Lenny, uh, was a big proponent of OpenShot, probably still is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put words in his mouth or anything, but he had enough issues that he had, I think, done a video or made some comments on the the problems he was facing with OpenShot. Well, there's been a large update there, uh, so that's certainly newsworthy, uh, and I had that pulled up. So it's up to version 2.2 with lots of bug fixes, but also some new transitions have been put in place uh, the big portion of the update there is the ability to do 4K videos, um, lots of stability improvements, uh, lots of audio wave improvements. So if OpenShot is something you've used in the past, but you had problems with it crashing or, or issues there, certainly give it a look. I've got it installed, and I've uh, used it a couple of times. What about you, Rocco? Well, on Manjaro, uh, I'm running Manjaro GNOME at currently. And you can't get it in the regular repositories. I think it's 2.1 uh, that's available in there. And the AUR is 2.0 from what I'm gathering. So I had to go get it from OpenShot itself. And they give you an app image, which we'll talk about later. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so you just download the app image and you make it executable when you run it. And I'll tell you what, it, w- it looks, comparatively speaking, to a person that doesn't or just has gotten into editing videos, Caden Live can be a little intimidating as far as what it looks like when you open it up and there's so many things going on. Um, where OpenShot, in my opinion, just from looking at it, not on how it runs, but just from looking at it and maybe ease of use, seems to be a little bit more um, set up for a newer video editor where it had yet it still has the availability of all these transitions and effects and everything um it seems to be set up really nice and not intimidating where you you have boxes to drag and you have the similar setup in Kden live but like i said you have so many things going on that you know if you're not familiar with it or if you don't um you're going to have to basically do a lot of research on Kden live to start out that's right. Well, and I agree with you. And that's kind of the first thing that, that hit me was it's a simpler interface. Yep. Um, hey, that's but, what I was trying to say in all them words. <laughs> that's it's a simpler interface. Hey, that's why we work on this together, right? <laughs> more coffee, more coffee. Um, Wait, I got more coffee. I'm getting it. Okay, go ahead. Continue on. So simpler interface, but they've introduced so many cool transitions. And you want very, some coffee, Rob? Man, yeah, would you please? I'm going to hold the cup up here. <laughs> Just uh, slide it over to the next frame, if you would. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Really cool transitions, very professional-looking, you know, intro slides and things like that. Um, And a lot of things have really been simplified. So, for example, if you wanted to split a video in two uh, with uh, Caden Live, for example, you go in, you click the little scissor icon, and you go down, and you find your spot, and you click it. Well, with OpenShot, basically, you can right-click on your video, 
uh, video track and you get a menu choice of split video, keep left side, keep right side, or keep both sides. So they really nice. simplified many of the processes. So definitely, uh, you know, it made the news because it is a big release, uh, lots of bug fixes there. Now, I will say that I had with a fairly large 340 gig video file, uh, I did have an issue where it crashed uh, in, in about the same spot twice. Um, and I think the bug report was filed. I'll have to go back and look uh, on that. So it crashed twice in about the same portion. So I thought maybe it was a corrupt video. So I switched over to Caden Live, pulled it in, got to that area, was able to do my edits and get through the whole process and no issues. So it turned out it wasn't the video. It was an issue on the and this was version 2.2 because I'm running in Antragos, I was able to pull that right in. And <laughs> and uh, so and what you're versions. saying is our our app pick of the week would probably be Caden Live. <laughs> yes. So in this instance, our app pick of the week that leads us into very good. That was the most professional lead in I think I've heard in a long time, buddy. Uh, here to help, man. <laughs> that's right. So. Our app pick of the week is Caden Live. Well, I installed Caden Live, and like I said, you have um, an interface when you go when you start it out. That if you're not new, if you're new to editing, it's a little intimidating. But anything, pretty much, well, I don't I won't say anything, but a lot of things in KDE can be intimidating if you're a new user, especially if you dive into the settings. But once you get over that fear. <laughs> mm -hmm. and you do a little you know i watched a couple videos i asked you for help um and it makes it to the point where you can edit videos and there's so many it's it's basically kde for video editing i mean i know it's kde but i'm just saying it's <laughs> kde for video editing you have so many options there to add effects add transitions make uh sound options it was it was amazing to see everything that you could do with it. So I'm still new to it, and I actually put together a video. The last video I uploaded to the channel, uh, I added an intro and an outro into the video. So and I did that through Caden Live, and hey, I think it's awesome. Yep. Well, I think everything from the standpoint of a, a semi novice to maybe experienced user. There's enough there. Yeah, I would say yes, definitely. It is it is harder to find your way around than say OpenShot for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you know where those places are, it's just like your settings within KDE. Yeah. Once you know where those places are, it works. Um, for me, it's been very stable. Again, knock on wood. Um, and you know, now I would argue that it's just as easy as anything else from a video editor standpoint uh, because. Now I know where everything is. Right. You're familiar so with it. Yeah. So it's just those that first stumbling block of learning where everything is, learning the, the file menu layout, learning where the icons are. Now, there are several channels that um, get into all of the detailed settings for Caden Live that you can yes. you know go into YouTube. Is it uh, Jeff Lennox Turner? Jeff Lennox Turner and Chris. Chris. Uh, I can't remember the last name of the channel, but I'll put in the notes the links to a couple different Caden Live channels. Yeah, and both of those guys really have been helpful to me because uh, I've gone in just to find, you know, uh, certain things that I wanted to do or try, 
and uh, have been able to find it between those two channels. Let me see here because I I have his channel here real quick. It is well, I'm not okay. I'm not even going to say the last name because I would butcher it. If spell I did. it. Spell it. <laughs> it is O C C H I P I N T I. Easy for you to say. Yeah, right for you. <laughs> yeah, easy for you to say. Uh, but anyway, that guy has a whole series on Caden Live and helped me out tremendously. And he goes from the very beginning, like the first video he talks about, he does a step-by-step introduction to each uh, button feature and everything else. It's if you're new to Caden Live, you definitely want to check out his videos. Absolutely. Um, I will throw out, I guess they're not total negatives, but there are going to be differences. So if you're running a different desktop environment other than KDE, or plasma, mm-hmm. you will notice um, that the layout of Caden Live is not exactly ideal, and primarily that is because you're going to be missing more than likely. You're not going to have the Breeze icon set installed, and Caden Live works off of the Breeze icon set. So if you pull it up, say through GNOME or uh, Mate or any other desktop environment, your layout, your mileage is going to vary. It's going to look a little wonky. Things may be out of place and that it's workable. You you know, you could install the breeze icon set, but I've also noticed now I haven't proved this, but I've also, I think I'm onto something here. Um, And if I am, I'll do a video about it. Uh, I'll have to go in and maybe test it. I don't think that Caden live runs as well as far as rendering is concerned in a desktop environment outside of KDE Plasma, it doesn't because I was I'm like I said I'm on Manjaro GNOME at the moment and I tried to edit a few videos with Kaden Live and the playback when you're trying to watch what you're doing uh, in the uh, preview screen or whatever you call it it kind of hesitates and everything so I don't know if that has to do with what you're talking about uh, as far as being out of outside of KDE because I didn't run Caden Live before this, so I don't know how well it runs in a KDE environment. But it definitely has one or two minor issues. I think the rendering, and I'm not technical enough to know what would cause it, uh, but it's enough of a difference to where it came to my attention. I think there's a maybe a 15 or 20% difference in the rendering speeds. And so the way we, the way we could test that is we take the same. Now this would be a lengthy trial to prove this out. And someone much smarter than me may be able to tell me why that is. So if we took it on the same system, okay, we took the same video file and we did created the same edits and we render to the exact same format, whether that is WebM or MPEG four or whatever, Right, And we, we keep everything equal so that we have, you know, the same formula in each Petri dish. Um, <laughs> and then we hit render and we see what our render time is. That would be pretty interesting to find um, out if it runs as well in KDE as it does in or in other districts as it does in yeah. KDE. So, so at the end, we have a rating system here, Rob. Yes. And it is um, up to five penguins. Five penguins. Five penguins. And there's a, a special rating for over-the-top apps. 
I don't know what they would be like. Maybe KD Connect. Um, the but Big for Daddy Penguin. Over the top peng- Over the top uh, apps. Yes, it would be five plus, and that would be the Big Daddy Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you rate it? I am going to give in its current state. I'm going to give Caden Live a, a four point five. Am I allowed a point five? I, I guess. Well, <laughs> right. Hey. It's our show. We can do whatever we want, right? All right then. Very good. I'm going to give it a 4.5, and I think it deserves it. Uh, and, and the reason behind that is, is I've tried multiple other video editors uh, that are you know readily available within Linux, right. and the most stable uh, for me has absolutely been Caden Live. And at the end of the day, it could have the most awesome features in the world and be so super simple, easy to use. But if it crashes on you before you complete the rendering of your video, what good is it? It's not any good at all, man. Right. I mean, that That's a lot of time and work wasted down the drain. Wow. A tremendous amount. And doing what we do here, you know, with our videos and various things, it's got to be dependable. And so far, gosh, I hope I'm not cursing anything here. Knock on wood. Nah. Um, so far, it has been by far the most stable video editor for me, uh, for my use. And I would love to get better at it. And I, I, maybe that'll come with time. You know, we can share things there. Um, so what about you? What's your, your rating there? Well, my rating is going to come from a non-technical video editor standpoint. So take it for what it's worth. But I'm going to give it a four in four penguins for the rating because like I said there are minor issues and I have not tried it in it in a KDE environment so I don't know exactly how it will run but for me running GNOME it does hesitate when I go to hit preview um, especially I was doing a uh, was do- actually trying to do one one of the things I was trying to do was a 4k video and it was almost undoable as far as watching the previews are concerned. So maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't handle 4K videos that well. Uh, I don't know. But from a newer standpoint, a newer video editor standpoint, I would say I would give it four. I think that's a very fair rating. You know, there's definitely room for improvement there. Yep. Um, Maybe 4.5 is a little high because ease of use could certainly be something that's improved. Um, but, well, I think that comes with the fact that it's part of KDE where there's a lot of icons and not a lot of text. So you have to hover over everything to see what it is. And that's by design, I guess. But that's why I said when you open it up, it's a little intimidating as far as everything that's going on. And then it's not self-explanatory. Let's put it that way. Right, right. Well, that kind of wraps up our app pick of the week. I, I think it's an excellent choice uh, with all the things that are going on within KDE. So what's next up on our docket? Well, Rob, we're coming to the end of the year. I only got a couple of days left here, a day and so many hours left. So Linux has progressed um, a lot in the last year. From yep. Ubuntu Mate, we talked about to KDE, all the way down. So the next thing we would want to do is what do you want to see in Linux or in specific desktop environments? What do you want to see in 2017? 
Mm, very good question. I would like to see a new release of Hannah Montana Linux. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sent a link yesterday of the Hannah Montana Linux. Oh my gosh, really? Come on. <laughs> How does that even come about? I, I, who who would make that? Dis- I mean, who would do that? <laughs> no, that's a. But no, your question is excellent. I mean, you're right. 2016 in my opinion, has been a big year for Linux uh, in general, for GNU Linux, GNU Linux. Um, You know, especially if you combine uh, Android, which is a part of Linux, um, and and then if you look at the stats, so for the first time ever, I think it's 5% Linux usage. Uh, Desktop Linux usage, I believe, in particular, surpassed 5%. Was that right? Was it 5%? No. Now I'm questioning. Um, I don't myself. have the numbers on me right at the moment. Yeah. But needless to say, it's growing. Whether it was 0.5 or 5 percent, <laughs> it's growing. Hey, look, it's a, it's we're not always movement. technical here. We don't have the exact numbers, but right. we just know it, it's growing. Okay, it's it's upward movement, and That's for the right. first time, it surpassed whatever that that uh, midline number was. It surpassed it for the first time ever. There's right. growth there. Um, you know, and every year, what do you see in the tech blogs? Uh, is tw- is the following is next year going to be the year of Linux. It's like mm-hmm. this ongoing kind of thing. And I kind of laugh at that and think, really, you're going to kind of rub that in our faces, you know, is that 2016 wasn't the year of Linux. Well, guess what? For all of the people who decided to dump Windows or Mac and move over to Linux, guess what? For them, 2016 was the year of the Linux desktop. Yep. It, it had some it had some great developments in 2016. So Absolutely. All we got to look forward to is the future. So, what do you well, want to see, man? Well, <clears throat> great question. I, there's a couple things. Um, one, I would love to see, and this is part of what we were talking about earlier. I would very much love to see uh, development on the KDE side of things for the desktop environment. I would love to see development to where uh, you start to see more improvements in both the K, uh, QT base. Uh, you know, the KDE side of things to where apps that you are using maybe cross-platform or cross-desktop start to conform to a more cohesive look. So if you take GNOME, for example, or GNOME, um, you know, which is GTK-based, and if you open up a GTK app within KDE, right now, um, to me, GTK apps opened within the QT environment or the KDE Plasma environment do a pretty good job of conforming to the desktop from a UI standpoint. Uh, But I think the other way around, not so much, not quite as good. So if you opened a QT-based or KDE Plasma-based app within the uh, GTK environment, sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. From, a, from a UI standpoint. So I would love to see kind of more of a meshing there to where you see a better uniformity across desktop environments from app to app. Well, I would agree that uh, the GTK apps look good in a KDE environment when you have a theme that matches all around. If you start changing themes... Obviously, in KDE, you have to change them in a few different places, and you have to change the theme in a GTK app different in a different location than you do for your actual theme for your desktop. And unfortunately, you don't have a lot of themes that have both the QT and the GTK 
part of it. So you'll have one will be GTK. You have them close, but I would love to see more themes come out, more, uh, you know, uh, more. Um, I don't know what the word would be. Uh, cohesion between the two, so that you could switch, and it would be seamless. Right. Where you could switch to a theme in KDE and a GTK theme, and it would look exactly the same. More themes. You have right. one or two that are out there that are that way. And they do look good when you are on that theme. But if you start switching, that's when it goes a little by the wayside. So I would love to see more more themes come online with that. Well, and, and that kind of takes you down this path that we could go on for a long time with, with this subject matter. So uh, let's take a look, for example, at Linux Mint with their X apps. Yep. All right. So if you take the premise of X apps where all the controls are in the same place, no matter you know what you're opening, uh, when you apply a theme, it applies right over to the X apps uniformly as it yep. should. That whole concept is excellent. But in order for that to happen from one environment to another one, to, that would be extremely difficult because now you're getting into, all right, well, where are you going to place the controls? Well, we have them on the right. No, right. we want them on the left. And then you you know, you've got all this fragmentation there. Yeah, uh, you do. I, I'm seeing the improvement. I've seen the improvement over QT-based apps and GTK-based apps. I see that getting better. I just would say that my hope would be you would see, uh, like you said, more uniformity there and mm. see that continue to grow and improve. Now, I also think about elementary OS from the standpoint of where they place their controls um, and how cohesive everything looks within elementary OS from one window to the next, from one frame to the next, from one app to the next. And that attention to detail has paid off for them there because that is part of what makes elementary OS so appealing. Uh, that is. Well, that's one of the only things. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I won't say it's one of the only things. But, uh, the, the look and feel of elementary OS is the best thing about it. I mean, right. like you said, it's, it's a beautiful operating system, and it's cohesive across the whole thing. And they purposely made it that way. And we talked about it before. Uh, Martin Wimper said uh, in one of the podcasts, if you want to oh, an operating system to look good, that's where you go because that's what it, that's what they do best. Yeah, yeah. Now, we got to be careful here because we don't want to go f too far down that Apple, Mac mm, yeah, well, <laughs> way of things. So, I agree. So, yeah, so that would be it. So uh, also um, for 2016, there's been a lot of hubbub and discussion about snap packages and yep. universal packages in general. And um, so I guess my next subject for 2017 or hope for 2017 would be that we see um, continued growth with snap packages or whatever the uh, universal package management would be. And with snap packages, that takes all of your dependencies and everything and allows the developer to put that in one neat package, if you will. And uh, everything is there. It's updated on the fly uh, after you've installed it. And uh, from a security standpoint, my understanding is, is that it's a secure way to put everything into a package. And right. my, my hope is, is that the community settles on the universal package whatever that whether that snaps or something else i would just like to see that continue to grow because now you've taken you've taken one of the issues that or well it was an issue when i first got into linux is how in the heck do you get this installed 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> yes uh, exactly. So that would be my hope for 2017. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, I definitely would love to see them uh, make a big stride in going with, and you know, as you said, picking one and running with it, um, a basic snap package type thing. Right now, uh, I would like to see more uh, programs or whatever you want to call them use app images because when I was on Windows, I would use portable apps and you didn't need to install them. Uh, you would just run them from a folder. Now, there's only a few that are on Linux that I see that have them. I know that Etcher has one and uh, actually we talked about um, OpenShot. That's how I tried out OpenShot because I can't get it right now in the AUR. Um, so I downloaded the app image and what, all you basically do is you download it and I found this out myself. <laughs> you have to make it executable. Once you make it executable, you should have I should have known that, but uh, once you make it executable, all you do is click on it and it asks you if you want to integrate it into your system, which basically just puts a shortcut in the menu for you. You don't have to. Uh, but you run it from that folder. It's one. It's just an EXE file, basically, that you run, and it opens up and it runs flawlessly. So, I guess snaps are the same situation in, like that, except for the fact that they get updated. Like you said, uh, they're run in a in a uh, sandbox type environment where it's just the app running. I don't think that the app images are like that. But either way, I, until we can perfect the snaps. I would like to see more people make app images so that you can just, you don't have to install them on your system. You just download it and run it. So I would definitely like that. Um, I would like to see Plasma, as many strides as Plasma 5 has made, I would love to see Plasma 5 get to the point where it was in KDE 4. When they switched from KDE 3 to KDE 4, a lot of the uh, system settings were removed because they didn't work properly, okay? And they basically switched what they wrote on top of. So they had to redo everything. They had to rewrite everything to work with KDE 4. And that's similar to what happened in Plasma, where they had to rewrite everything, and they've done a great job with it. But I would like to see it get to the point where you have as many settings in Plasma 5 as you did in KDE 4. And as many settings as there are in <laughs> Plasma 5, there are noticeable things that you can't do. Um, like, for example, i give you one example. The full screen launcher, the application dashboard in Plasma 5, well, it used to be what was called Home Run, and it was a widget that you added on. I but remember that. Home Run, yeah. you could change everything. You could go into the settings of Home Run and you could manipulate it and make it look exactly the way you wanted it. In Plasma 5, you can use it, but there ain't there is there are no settings basically except for a keyboard shortcut. So I would like to see them concentrate on getting things back to the way it was in KDE 4 as far as the amount of settings. So. Well, Awesome. I, I agree with you 100% there, even though there are more settings than you could shake a stick at. With <laughs> Am I wrong for asking no. for more settings? <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. And, and it's because that's what you're into. And, and, and I am as well. And many other users are, you know, they, they want to discover that it's a dis discovery process. And um, so I'm right there with you on that. I want to add to that our previous discussion because 
for me, as we discussed it earlier, if I could, man, get Plasma Mobile set up and just yeah. have that cohesive in 2017. Now, I think that's a, that's going to be something that's maybe two years out. I don't know. I don't have a clue there, but my goodness, that would be awesome for 2017. At uh, least to start it out, because obviously there's going to be bugs and they're going to have to work things out. But yeah. to at least to start it out where you could actually you know download the beta or, or whatever, you know what I mean? At least try it out. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely, um, you know, like I said, it could use some, it could use some improvement on my, my take. Well, I'm going to throw in uh, something else here for 2017, my hope for 2017. And we already see uh, that it's happening and we've talked about it in a previous uh, podcast episode and that is more um collaborative work between some of our main distro developers yep and so we're seeing that with a new menu system uh for mate in both solus os as well as uh mate and right. so you have martin wimpress and you have uh, ike doherty and you have uh, some developers from elementary os uh colluding on some things there um I would love to see more of that in 2017. I think many of our viewers out there have expressed that, that, hey, why don't you guys get together over here and over here and come together and have a kumbaya session and come out with this great OS? I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> so, the, right. positive things can only come out of that. I don't understand. I agree. And, you know, there's human nature involved. So you've got personalities mixing yeah. with other personalities, cultures mixing with all the other cultures. Um, you know, ideas and thoughts that are hard to bring together. But it sounds like that's happening behind the scenes. So the average guy like you and I, you know, we don't see it. We don't necessarily know that it's happening. Right. Uh, so when that window was open just enough to say, hey, wait a minute. Hey, this is happening. And, you know, quickly seeing the results of that. In fact, I need to go back and check and see is that uh, application launcher available now. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't even the brisk menu. I yeah, talked brisk about menu. Ubuntu Mate being the the one of the distros of 2016. But can you? How much yeah. better is it going to get with the brisk menu? So exactly. So, um, so that for me, I think would be another big hope for. Not that they come out with this ultimate Linux OS that you know five of the top developers in the Linux world have come yeah. together and. You know, I don't think you would ever agree on that. I mean, no. because like you said, there is a lot of fragmentation, and that's by choice too because of the personalities because of people wanting different things so i don't think you're ever going to come out with that but it is nice to see him work on it right and i think that i think if we're asking for that i think that's a possibility that you're going to see more collaborative work whether it's whether it's on one piece or one part of the os that they all come together and say, hey, how can we make this part better? Because we see a need here across the board, not just for your OS, but for my OS. Right. I think if we see that, I think that will be an awesome thing for 2017. So, so speaking of 2017, Rob, yes. what are you running right now? <laughs> well, right now I am running Antergos with uh, GNOME or GNOME, whichever you prefer to call it, uh, 3.2. To whatever the latest is, because with Antergos, I get the latest desktop version. <laughs> well, I am running Manjaro GNOME, and you know, coming from looking at it as a KDE user, I was very upset at the first couple days that I was running it because it's definitely not KDE, and there definitely is not 
the amount of settings that you can uh, tweak in GNOME. But I tell you what, I mean, I'm surely not switching my desktop of choice from KDE, but it's growing on me, man. I got to tell you. Well, listen, we did, uh, just so everyone knows, I haven't talked to you to, to even know that you were running uh, GNOME or GNOME. I had no idea that you were before we started the show. Right. And so I'm kind of surprised. Here we are, two KDE lovers. What in the heck are we doing? <laughs> and that's what people are going to ask. What are you doing? Especially Hades eyes. He's going to be like, why yeah. are you running GNOME? <laughs> you know, and GNOME is not really the most popular desktop environment out there. A lot of people were upset about a lot of the changes that took place, uh, you know, from GNOME 2 to GNOME 3. I don't know why I'm running it either, but there's something there that's in its simplicity. It's almost kind of like elementary OS in a way in that there's simplicity in place in the right place to make it really nice and easy and smooth, if you will. Um, It's hard for me to wrap wrap a description around why I'm running it and kind of liking it. (laughs) I, I don't, I, you're right. I don't know. I can't point out. This is the reason why I'm running it, but there is, there's a draw to it in the simplicity of it. And GNOME is kind of like Microsoft where, okay, I won't compare them to, no, no, (laughs) they're, they have the same mentality as elementary OS, as Microsoft, where they, put into the distro or into the environment what they think you're going to want to have, what options you're going to want to have, what's going to make it easier for you. They remove settings like, for example, the root actions and stuff like that. They remove that kind of stuff because they don't want a new person messing it up. Um, So they pick for you what they think you're going to want. But I got to say that the picks that they do make are really good. Yeah. I mean, some things I would love to have. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying this is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm just saying that they do make some really good choices on what it looks like, how it operates, um, the features that it has. I have to say, I mean, I'm really enjoying it right now. I don't, that's all I can say about it. I mean, I did a video on the full screen launcher and I did the extensions and, you know, I had the menu up there and everything, the, the uh, what do you call it? I forget what the extension is called right at the moment, off the top of my head. Uh, it's uh, it's a Gino. Gino, yeah, yeah. So I had that on there, but I disabled it because I've been enjoying running the full screen launcher. <laughs> what I don't can know you why, say? But I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So so I found a few key extensions, and you and I have discussed those extensions, and I've I've talked about those extensions in in a video that I did. And they're simple extensions. They add places. They add an applic- a simple drop-down application menu launcher, which isn't very powerful, but it's seamless and fast. Right. Um, and then a few other extensions that really allow me to run this with no problem whatsoever. Um, if the extensions weren't there and in place, no way I'd be running it right Absolutely now. Absolutely not. No, it's no, it's pretty much crippled without the extensions and without the yeah. tweak tool. Like they install yeah. the two, uh, certain, certain distros install the tweak tool. Not all of them. Right. Without the tweak tool and the extensions, you would never run them. No. Uh, but like you said, uh, it has that elementary OS feel. So it has the aesthetics 
that elementary has. And yet with the tweak tool and with the extensions, it offers the customization that you need. Uh, well, not all of it, but what you can get by, I can get by on the settings that I have with GNOME. Right. If, if Plasma today decided we were we're going to shut down uh, KDE and it's no longer going to be a service. You know, probably GNOME would be my next choice. Well, <laughs> all right. So six months ago, I would have said to you, my my choice, if KDE were not an option, my choice would be Mate. Yeah. That would that would have been my answer. But man, I'm right there with you. If KDE didn't exist tomorrow, I would be running GNOME with. And I'm surprised to hear myself say that. I bet you there are some people right now out there listening to this with their jaws dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else I think? Maybe maybe, maybe there are some closet GNOME users who don't want to admit that they're running GNOME because GNOME had kind of a bad rap for a while. You know, well, it, it came along with this stigma. You know, I said in the, one of the videos that I made, you know, it came with the stigma where you mentioned GNOME to pretty much anybody. And they're like, ugh. Yeah. yeah, gnome. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. That's the way people look at it. But there's a lot of people that run it. I yep. mean, maybe they are closet users. I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of people that run it. And I, I, I'm just going to say that I've been enjoying it. So I'm definitely not going to switch my desktop environment of choice. And I will be back to KDE soon. But I've been enjoying running it. Well, there's a couple other things I just want to kind of point out quickly uh, about it. One is from the theming aspect, something we were talking about earlier, uh, the right themes uh, that were designed for GTK, make sure you're not pulling in a QT or, you know, QT based theme. They apply so well, Rocco. Um, all across the board. All across it's, the board. And it's one click. You know, you pick your theme and it all across the board on every app. Bam, yep. It's there yep. and it looks great. The controls are in place where they need to be. Uh, nothing feels clunky about it. It feels very professional in its own way. Um, and as far as a speed standpoint, um, I've had some bad experiences with GNOME in the past. Uh, I don't remember previous uh, 3.18 or whatever, where it would start to chug and slow down and I would get mouse stutter and things like that. Uh, now with version 3.18, two two or whatever we're at now it's been really smooth and fluid and yep. I, I... <laughs> you don't have to tell me man I, I i have not had one uh since moving to uh manjaro and like i said i probably had problems with intergos intergos probably wasn't at fault for my issues that i was having but since running uh manjaro gnome i did start out with a new clean home folder and it's been flawless since then so yeah but for goodness sakes people put a tweak tool in there by oh my default. gosh yeah i don't know how you can run it without it i mean why would you even install gnome without it <laughs> yeah, so you know so please if you're listening out there if, if we reach anyone who has a connection with powers that be please please we beg of you uh yeah exactly oh so well this is interesting i i'm glad we kind of it's hard to explain um you know because you weren't a gnome user i was not a gnome user nope and now here we are two huge kde fans running gnome favorably uh, right now, if someone said to me, do you have any issues with running GNOME? I would say no. 
as long as you have all right as long as you have tweak tool as long as you have the, the extension set up yep. no you'll you'll enjoy it run it i think you'll like it yep you know the only thing that i would add to the full screen launcher is power options if you had yeah. power options in the full screen launcher you wouldn't need to go to your menu for anything or the other icons up in the right corner you wouldn't need to go to them well, okay. All right. So you open that can. So I've got to add a few more things here. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Same thing for the extension of the application menu. Uh, if if you had a you know power shutdown or whatever, log out, yeah. add it there. That and bam, the other thing you could do is, and I think you've done this, um, the uh, uh, transparent panel. Yes. I have a theme right now that has a transparent panel, but there's an, an extension called Activities Configurator. Okay. And it allows you to configure certain things about the activities uh, on GNOME. But one of the things that most people install it for is that you can make the panel transparent awesome. on, on whatever theme you're running. So that's definitely an extension to check out. Awesome, because once you kind of remove that top panel, it's like, all right, you don't see it. So it's almost like it's not there, yep. but you still have your, your controls. I think a transparent panel blends in with your desktop to make it yep. seamless. You know what I mean? Like you have your wallpaper, and when you have a panel up there, yeah, it's it's there, and you know where things are. But like I said, it just blends into me. Yep. Uh, into the desktop that you're looking at, it blends in when you have a transparent panel. So that's a it, must it, for me. Yeah, and when I first saw that uh, through, maybe it was Corora or um, Apricity OS had it transparent by default. Mm-hmm. Okay, simple, simple thing, right? It's yeah, you think, simple. Okay, you tra- would think. Transparent, you would think transparent panel does it make it made such a difference for how I felt like I was interacting with GNOME then. Well, again, we got to go back to elementary OS because. By yep. default, their panel is transparent, and it looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, well, so th- there's the problem now. That's that's a problem, okay? I see that <laughs> as a real problem in that GNOME is getting to a point where now I'm I'm going to be bouncing. Okay, now I'm not just distro hopping. You're your right? desktop environment hopping. <laughs> You're DE <laughs> hopping. <laughs> now you've you introduced- just created a new problem. <laughs> now you've introduced a whole new problem. Oh my God! Uh, so now it's not just which distro are you going to run, but now it's which desktop are you going to run. So and- we've added from DHA, we've added also DEA, <laughs> uh, and that's tough, man. That's tough. So we'll see. I- I'm probably going to wind up back on KDE just for various reasons, especially if some of the things we've talked about start to come to fruition in, in 2017. That'll solidify it for me. But, folks, I guess what both of us are saying is don't be afraid to try GNOME. Don't be afraid to try it because uh, don't go with the, just the stigma that it's GNOME because uh, it can be configured to be run comfortably. Right, right. Very good. Well said. Well, that leads us up to our uh, question, viewer question of the week, Rocco. And, well, uh, yep. I have from uh, – actually, it was from your channel, uh, Arch i 386 posted a link because we were talking about vulnerabilities last Ah, week yes and he posted that um arch linux has a security advisor advisory website that you can go to to see any vulnerabilities in arch so um we'll post a link to that but i believe you have a a comment from a viewer you want to talk about 
Absolutely. And thank you for the post. And that was viewer who posted that again? Arch I-386. Okay. And I missed that, so I'm glad you picked that up. Uh, Thank you very much for posting that because uh, something I was not aware of. We'll have a link in the uh, vid, vid portion of the podcast. We'll have a link in those notes for that. So thank you. I do have a question here, and this one... Uh, I want to go ahead and read this verbatim because I'm not familiar with, uh, let me go ahead and pull the question up. I am not familiar with what he is speaking of. And so this comes from viewer RK. He says, I have successfully installed Ubuntu Mate 1604 LTS on my Mac mini as a dual boot system. And then he goes on to say he also got RE find, which I am not familiar with, and we'll talk about that in just a second. He got that installed manually on his Mac. The thing is, is that RE find does not boot Ubuntu. He did figure out how to boot into it from a recovery uh, boot in advanced systems. Now he's got it all set up and it's working well, except for the part where ER find, um, doesn't allow it to boot, I guess, automatically, uh, or doesn't give him the option to boot into Ubuntu on his Mac Mini. So uh, just because I wasn't familiar with it, and Rocco, you were not familiar with it, correct? I, am, I was definitely not familiar with it, but apparently uh, RE, RE Find is a boot manager that you right. can boot from multiple operating systems from. Right. And so uh, it, I'm not familiar with it. I just want to be clear about that. I wish I was and, and would be able to help you out. And Rocco, you're not familiar with it. So what we're asking is if any of you viewers or listeners out there uh, are familiar with um, RE Find and that being set up on a Mac, uh, please post comments or help or suggestions. Um, you can email them comments to uh, comments at destinationlinux.tech. Awesome. Awesome. So that, again, is comments at... Comments at destinationlinux.net. Or .tech, I'm sorry. .tech. Comments yeah. at destinationlinux.tech. So uh, that that help would be greatly appreciated because it allows us to help others in their quest to... Uh, where did I get that word quest from? I like that word. That's funny. I need it to sounds use like a that. good name for a YouTube channel. I need to use that. <laughs> but it'll help others in their quest to get Linux set up and working for their desktop OS, which is what we want more and more of for 2017. Yep. Anytime anytime somebody that that's what needs to happen more often in the Linux community is when people reach out and ask for help, that people help them out and do whatever yep. they can. Yep. So we would appreciate any help you can give. Absolutely. And we're all limited. Uh, you know, there are viewers on your channel and viewers on my channel where these guys, I'm amazed by their knowledge. I mean, I've got guys who have messaged me and they talk about their system and I am blown away by their level of expertise and knowledge in, you know, graphics cards and drivers and on and on yeah. and on partitioning. But you're, but you're always, you're always learning no matter how far advanced you are. You're always learning. Right. Um, you know, even in like, I know the, my way around KDE settings, but even at that, in some of the videos that I've made, people have said, Hey, you can do this or, Hey, you can do that. And I either forgot or didn't even know. And it was like, so no matter how far you get, 
you can always learn from other people and it's and it is it's amazing to see all the people that just throw out all of this knowledge not not throw out but you know give you all of yeah. this knowledge by commenting and saying hey do this or check this out i think it's awesome it is awesome and so i think that's a great way to end the show and uh appreciate it once again rocco enjoyed this episode very much oh i and, loved it so and, uh i guess we'll see you in 2017 yeah see you next year man that's right all right have a happy new year everyone happy new year to all of you all right take care we will check you later